Yeah. Make sure my sound's on too on my phone. We'll let everyone get in here real quick. It's not live, are we? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you ready? Good. I'm ready. So let people come in here. I'm gonna turn the camera just a little bit. One thing you gotta do when you come in is you gotta dab on. Dab on. Right. <laughs> just let them go. Dab, 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 dab. Alright, <laughs> we ready? Are we live? No, bro. We're live now. Welcome into JV Weekly Wrap Up. I am Bobby Levine. Alongside me is Jackson Schroeder. And then, of course, the last couple weeks we've had my roommate Matt Herring to talk about some NBA stuff. Before we get started here, I want to talk and give a huge shout out to the CBJ Artillery, the fifth liners. Hung out with them this past Saturday. Saturdays are for the boys. And uh, had a great time. I'm representing their, one of the new shirts right here. Uh, Lamp Apparel. Want to give a huge shout out to them. Uh, check out the CBJ Artillery uh, on Twitter. They'll follow you back, hopefully. Uh, they lost tonight 4-2 against the Islanders, but long season still ahead of them. We're going to get started here and talk about the NBA. So, Matt, you're joining us once again. Uh, a couple of big games that happened last night. All the top dogs got beat. Um, what happened with LeBron James going <laughs> off on his own team? Well, we can start off with LeBron. Um, LeBron, I, I think this is just a reality TV stunt, you know. There, he gets to this point in the season where he likes to create drama, and I think it's just it's not for us fans or the media. I think it's for other teams in the league. I think he wants to let them like a uh, give them a little what's the word? Um, he wants to give them like a little uh, demo. Like, as you see, he wants to play cat and mouse is what I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> wants to play cat and mouse. He wants to wants them to think a certain way, and that way come around after the All Star break and playoff time, the Cavs are right back in tip top shape, <laughs> especially when they'll get J.R. Smith back in the fold then as well. All right, so Jackson, this question's for you. Last night, uh, pretty much four of the top five best teams in the NBA lost. Uh, if you watched ESPN and SportsCenter, if you had a five-team parlay, including the uh, North Carolina State Wolfpack beating Duke at Duke last night, if you put 100 bucks on it, you would have won $300,000. A couple of those losses were the Heat beating the Warriors oh, yeah. in Miami. It's Matt's favorite team. The Heat beating the Warriors. The Cavaliers losing in New Orleans for the seventh straight year in a row. The uh, Houston Rockets losing at the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah. And then the last one was the Thunder actually beat the Jazz. The Jazz were favored at home, though. Out of all those losses, though, who do you think was the biggest loss yesterday in the NBA? Oh, the biggest loss was the Cavs. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll give you some credit for that, <laughs> that win against the Warriors. But, uh, I mean, the Warriors losing, they haven't lost a lot recently. Well, what the real storyline is here is the Cavs and how they've lost two straight and and have lost four of their last seven games. I mean, that, that that's a big storyline there. And to the Pelicans, who are not very good, they lost a close one to the Spurs, who, I mean, the Cavs just don't look good. And, and how you say it's a storyline, um, or how you say it's like a media, or like a, you said it was like a... a cat and mouse. Like yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I just think it's sort of like a real deal that LeBron is frustrated right he's now. Frustrated. I mean, he, so? he, yeah, he said they needed an effing playmaker, playmaker. in there. He uh, is the playmaker, though. Like, that's, he, what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he's he said, averaging eight assists, eight rebounds. Like, he's the playmaker. <laughs> and he tweeted out that he would be 33 next winter. Guess what? He turned 32 less than a month ago. Like, chill out, man. <laughs> that is true. He's skipping years really quickly here. I'm actually going to disagree with you. I'm going to go with the Warriors losing to um, Matt Harrington's oh Heat down in Miami. I think the, the Warriors are playing a tougher conference. 
LeBron could lose five straight games and still hold that top spot pretty much in the East because the East is so bad compared to the West. Last night, you saw for the uh, Warriors, Kevin Durant had 27, Curry had 21, and Klay Thompson had 22. All the main scorers over 20 points there. Mm -hmm. The main guy down in Miami Beach, though, Dion Waiters. Coming out of nowhere with 33 points. I mean, do you expect him to keep this up the rest of the year? Oh, no. Not at all. So it was a one-game fluke. <laughs> no, I mean, two straight games he scored 33 straight points. But I don't I don't really see him doing this that much. He was a big name coming into the NBA, though. Got drafted by the Cavs. Number two overall, maybe? Number four. Number, number four, four yeah. right after Tristan Thompson, yeah. who was number four as well. And that didn't work out. So I, I feel like he lost a lot of confidence over, over the years because he's been moved around so much. And right now he's in Miami. Right now he's thriving, but I really don't see him continuing. That's because that's because he's not surrounded by playmakers anymore, and he is the he's supposed to be the playmaker. Yeah, per exactly. Se, but you know, which you can't. His 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 talent level or production level dropped off definitely. Deion Waiters played 33 minutes. He went six of eight from behind the arc, scored 33 points. He was plus five, and the plus and minus differential. So good game from him. Staying out west though, as they played the Warriors, Kobe Bryant now coming back. Not as a player in the NBA, but wants to hopefully build a future for the Lakers. What's your take on this, Matt? And is it a good thing for the Lakers, or is this could be another soap opera drama thing going on in LA? Well, I think Kobe is uh, a spinoff from Phil Jackson. I think he's one um, a potential Zen master, <laughs> so to say. Um, so I think any any input from Kobe Bryant about the Lakers, I think they should take it. Um, he wants to see them do the best. He has their best interest at heart. So I feel like if they if Kobe says something, the management should do it. <laughs> if the players, or excuse me, if Kobe says something to the players, the players should follow it. You know, Kobe's got such an ego, though. I mean, you you saw these last few years that when he was with them, he was sort of the reason. You could argue that Kobe yeah. was the reason that they are this bad right now because yeah. he was eating up so much salary cap. I just I don't know. I think that this is more of a example of him missing the game. Missing the limelight, and I think he wants to come back and be a part of this organization. I don't know if that's necessarily good for them that or could not. Be an ego ploy as well. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to stay relevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, missing the spotlight, so I do definitely see your argument there. Um, in my opinion, the Lakers can't get any worse. They're right now <laughs> 16 and 32 in the Western Conference, which is dead last. Uh, the, wow. Probably the, the what top four worst teams, so they're in a, a chance to get a lottery pick. Uh, they were expected to be a lot better this year after losing Kobe. The ball can be spread around with D'Angelo Russell. They started ten and ten on the season, which it, gave a lot of problems. The last ten games are three and seven. Um, they're only averaging 104 points per game in the NBA. That's not as good as when you see. And they're also giving up almost 111 points. Not as good as when you see for the Lakers. He and Kobe Bryant's what I mean. He uh, actually just came out and said that he would take James Harden number one overall right now. Uh, the 26-year-old just signed a four-year contract. Man with the Houston Rockets to getting paid over $25 million for the next four years. He just signed this? Just signed this this oh, offseason. Wow. So he's there till 2020. Uh, then he'll be the un unrestricted free agents. If you're the Lakers, do you wish you probably could have signed him now looking at what he's putting up this year? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, James Harden, again, he's the point guard. Once he's converted over to that point guard, point guard spot, excuse me, um, he's just changed his whole mentality as far as him being the team player. He's averaging 10, 10 assists now. Like He's definitely number one pick worthy if we were redoing the draft. Now, I'll ask you this to you, Jackson. Who would you take number one overall if you could take if you could start a franchise brand new and have a fantasy draft with every single NBA player? 
Well, I love what James Harden is doing this year. And, I mean, I would love to say Russ because I love the way Russ plays. I think he plays with the tenacity, and he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He plays angry, and he's tough, too. I love Russ. Russ is one of my favorite players in the NBA right now. I mean, LeBron is the typical answer, but he's getting old. And, I mean, the Cavs aren't looking great. Um, Yeah, I, I would say James Harden. He's young. He's young. He's got a lot of time and promise. He's got no one on his team except for what Patrick Beverly, who is not. He's no one he either. Has. And in in their record, they're third in the West, thirty four and fourteen. That's a better record than the Cleveland Cavaliers right now, or yeah. first in the East. Yeah. They have a lot of good complimentary players that go along with James Harden. They have shooters Ryan Anderson, and, uh, Eric Gordon. Um, they have a big man Nene, and you know other complimentary players that fit really well on that team with them. So you take Harden? No, actually no. <laughs> uh, I I agree with Kobe with with why he would take uh, Harden number one, but if I were to do a draft and pick a number one spot, I would have to trust the process. I have to go with Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, wow, Joel Embiid. He's young my guy. young stud out of, out of Philly right now. Uh, he got hurt last week. Everyone there yeah. held their breath in Philadelphia. I'm gonna go opposite you guys. I'm gonna go actually go with Kyrie Irving. Ooh. Not a Cavs fan. Uh, all my friends know that. I despise the Cavaliers just because of LeBron James. I'm a, I'm a Cavs fan. You can be a Cavs fan. That's fine. I was a Cavs fan before LeBron left you guys, and then everyone hated him, and then he came back, and everyone open arms loved him. Kyrie Irving this year is averaging 24.5 points. He's playing with one of the best players, if not the best player of all time, with LeBron James, who is still dominating the game. He's got Kevin Love. Uh, he's averaging almost six assists per game. The guy is a true stud. I mean, the last couple of games he's been putting up 40-plus points. 49 last night. And then <laughs> and in the game before that against San Antonio, almost put the team on his back and carried them into overtime and won that game for them. Uh, he's not getting the recognition he needs to get because he's under Le- LeBron's shadow. I would like to see when his, I guess, contract runs out, if he stays in Cleveland as LeBron is getting older and moves Ooh. on and takes his own team as he sees what Ooh. Russell Westbrook's doing because he'll have a ring. He doesn't need to show himself anymore. Nope, nope. You he's think he'll stay in Cleveland? Like, I, uh, I think he'll stay in Cleveland. You, I guess we'll see. I mean, because if LeBron left right now, you know that team would disperse. No one wants to stay in Cleveland. No, nobody. <laughs> but nobody. Kyrie was there when Kyrie was well, he was player. He, he had to because he signed on the contract. He knew the process was going to happen when, when LeBron was going to come back. Uh-huh. So moving forward, keeping that under. Right now, Kyrie Irving is under 24 years old. If you guys can pick a 25 and under roster. Who's the best 25 and under roster? Ask, yeah, I'll ask you, Matt, that first. Uh, yeah. My first pick. It has to go right now, again, with Joel Embiid. <laughs> like, I'm really sold on his ability. He can shoot three. He's really athletic. He can dribble past you and dunk on your head. Um, he's number one for me. Number two, it would have to be Anthony Davis. He's been in the league for a few years now, and he's just cementing himself as that guy down in New Orleans, NOLA. Um, he can shoot the three as well. He's developed that, developing that shot. And he can ball handle. He can dribble the ball on the fast break. He's a one-man fast break show. Uh, he's number two for me. Number three, it would have to be Carl Anthony Towns. I love big men. <laughs> I'm a really, really uh, enthusiastic about the big men. Carl Anthony Towns, he can shoot the three as well. And I love big men that can shoot. So he's number three for me. And then number four, um, I'm going to go with Kyrie as well. I'm going to go with a point guard. You're yeah, you got to have him. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then number five, it would have to be Giannis. Uh, I know that's really low for him. I know that's your guy as well. Yes. Giannis, he's a 6'11 point guard as well. He can do anything I don't know LeBron can do <laughs> uh, except for shoot three uh, he's working on that as well but th- that's my top five right there top five I'll start with the big man 
I got Demarcus Cousins. He, he's my he's my number one big man. I I think he's got he's got an attitude, but he's gonna go to a good program and he's, he's gonna be successful. That's why he's yeah, attitude. that's that's right. And uh, and then I'll I'll go down from there. Kawhi Leonard, my power forward. He's only 24 years old right now. One of the best players in the league. He's gonna be one of the best players in the league for a while now. Um, throw in uh, Anthony Davis there. They yeah. him and um, him and Kawhi can switch back and forth mm-hmm. at that small forward and power forward mm-hmm. position. Then shooting guard, I'm going to put in Damian Lillard. I know he doesn't play that right now, but I love the way he plays. And in that alley, put him at shooting guard because I've got Kyrie at my yeah, point guard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, there's some great playmakers. A lot of good player, players in the NBA right now under 25, which means that's, that's really it's good really for the NBA league. coming yeah, up forward. Definitely. Because <laughs> who do you have right now that's big over 25? That's LeBron. That's uh, Kevin Durant. That's Steph. Again, yeah, it's the it's the typical names that you yeah, yeah. hear. And they're on their way out, man. Yeah, exactly. Give them five more years. In their exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna start with two guys in the backcourt. I'm gonna have, as I said, my my point guard with Kyrie Irving, and also have D'Angelo Russell bring up the ball with him. I, I like think that. having those two guys in the backcourt, like mm-hmm. um, you take D'Angelo out of L.A. and not have a head case problem with him. Uh, you got the Greek freak who can also be a point guard if you need him to be. If some guy gets in foul troubles, I think him can also playing down low is incredible. Also hit the three. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, a power four, which is a stud. And then uh, my number one would be Anthony Davis. Uh, I think him as a power forward, uh, as long as he can stay healthy, he's incredible. Even th- can throw in Kawhi Leonard, who is also 25, actually. Um, so those, those guys right there, I mean, like you said, the, the league moving forward should be in good hands with all these guys. Very, very bright. Very bright. <laughs> very bright. Loaded with Kentucky players, for oh, sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, moving forward, before we get to the end of this uh, segment with the NBA and Matt, uh, Isaiah Thomas made some headlines yesterday after LeBron. What's the rumor about that? He came out and said that he would like to join the Cavaliers, as LeBron says, quote-unquote, he needs what? You he needs see, a playmaker. He needs a playmaker. <laughs> there playmaker. you go. So what, what, <laughs> That's what Isaiah said. He can fit that bill. Which, which, you, you clean it up a little bit. You, you can say it. Say it out loud. Say, uh, say what you say, no. quote, unquote. You don't have to. All right, that's fine. So if you're going to look at this for Isaiah Thomas moving forward, and if he could join them, uh, the Cavs just made a trade with Atlanta, got in Corver. Could they add another piece like this and give up a couple of their young guys coming off the bench? I don't think so. I don't think the calorie, or calorie, the salary cap would um, allow that. Um, and by that, I mean like Isaiah He's averaging 29 points a year. He's going to want more money. I'm not sure how much he's making right now, if you want to look that up, Bobby. But um, he's going to be an expensive player. And for that type of uh, move to happen, they would need to, need to give up one of their you know, more expensive pieces as well. If that is Iman Shumpert, then maybe so be it. Kyle Korver. Ever since Kyle Korver came to Cleveland, they've been losing. So I don't know. That could be a big thing. He's getting paid $6.5 million a year this year and getting paid – just over $6 million next year before he becomes a free agent. Uh, if they give up a couple of their players, though, maybe a two-for-one deal, they lose a player mm-hmm. and get him in, they could definitely make that salary cal- oh, yeah. cap up for sure. Oh, like, yeah, I can see that happening then. <laughs> so, you'll never Boston know. Boston Cleveland? That. We'll just help you out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that could be a huge move for both him and then also the Boston Celtics with uh, Brad Stevens as head coach. I mean, really smart. They're, I mean, they're they're doing great, good over there in Boston. It's not like they're out of it, but just every name in the East besides the Cavs are pretty much years behind them. Boston's a three seed right now, twenty six and eighteen. Uh, they've lost three games in a row. Actually, all the top four seeds in the East have are on at least a one game uh, losing streak. yeah losing streak. Two for the Cavs, three or four, excuse me, for the Raptors, who are the two seed, and three for the Celtics. Oh 
So uh, te teams at the bottom are trying to make their way up there. They can. Um, before we go, though, we, we actually have a uh, Russell Wellsbrick. We can talk about the All-Star game. He got mm -hmm. snubbed out of the starting lineup. The guy's averaging a triple-double right now. What is your guys' taste in this, Jackson? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't love that move because I love Russ. But, um, I mean, if you're going to have to choose a point guard right now between him and James Harden, I mean, or he Steph. got – Or Steph. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they've got Steph at the starting yeah. shooting guard. No, Steph's the starting point. And James is the, the starting – right, the two. He's bigger. Yeah, exactly. Well, then you can't do that. I mean, <laughs> point-wise and skill-wise, this season what they demonstrated – you could put him above Steph, but then that would bring up so much controversy because Steph has been so yeah. great. He's not having a great year this year, but he's um, doing his thing. He's doing what he's supposed supposed to do, and he's the number one jersey seller, which I think <laughs> um, is one of the main reasons why he's starting over Russ because he has that brand. He does have that <clears throat> showmanship, excuse me, where um, Russ. If you're a true basketball lover like me, you would rather Russ start over start start over Steph. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, but people love Flash. It's the All-Star game, so they want to see Steph. And, uh, and I've got a problem with how the NBA All-Star game is oh, set fans, up and yeah. regulated. Mm -hmm. The fans vote? Mm -hmm. that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see them putting in the best players. but And it's a business. I get that aspect to it. You, you vote because you're a fan and the fans get to choose. Mm -hmm. Then the most people watch. But if you're coming from a player's standpoint, business set aside, don't you want if you're one of the best players in the NBA? You be don't you want to be out there yeah. starting with yeah. all everyone else? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that, that's how I view it. Russ said he doesn't mind though, because he would rather win championships than start an All Star game. I don't know <laughs> if he's gonna do that. In <laughs> yeah, OKC. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking time. at this as you say, the All Star games are pretty much the Big Four are all jokes. Uh, you had last, or you might have been two years ago in the NHL, uh, they had a player win the MVP and also get into the uh, All Star game and he was released a couple weeks earlier, so he wasn't even on a team. Wow. Uh, wow. Actually, he was sent down, excuse me, he was in, the, he was in like the farm system of the NHL. A farm system, And wow. he was voted by the fans as the MVP and had the trophy and all that stuff. Um, that, in my opinion, is a joke. Yeah. Uh, the NBA, <laughs> just having fans vote, I think is a good thing to have them put into the All-Star game, but not starting five. Mm -hmm. um, I think the MLB, I know everyone hates this, but having a game that means something in the middle of the season, if yeah. you win the MLB All-Star game, whether yeah, you get home field advantage home field, for the uh, World Series, I think that means something. I didn't realize the yeah. Cubs got kind of screwed out of that being the best team last year, but they won Game 7 in Cleveland, so I guess it really didn't matter mm -hmm. in the end of it. Um, and then the Pro Bowl, I guess you can say, helps out in the aspect of, uh, like, Andy Dalton, for instance. I, I hate Andy Dalton. I think it's a joke. But he's actually in the Pro Bowl now since Tom Brady is playing in the Super Bowl the week after that, mm -hmm. so... Uh, you get in there, but he'll play maybe a, cu a couple of drives, but that's it. Um, before we move to the NFL, though, and talk about uh, Andy Dalton's, I guess you'd say, partners, I guess, the N N NFL. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say in the NBA? Um, there's a, a new documentary, um, Outside the Lines, by, or that's documenting uh, Greg Oden and why, you know, he's such a bust and what he, how, he, how he feels about that. And uh, that comes out February 12th, so tune into that. We're going to talk about that in the future. Looks real interesting. I would like to say I don't think Greg Oden is the biggest bust of all time. I think he kind of got screwed out by being just too big for his body, uh, too injury prone. If you look at biggest bust in sports, you look at Johnny Manziel, who has all the talent in the world <laughs> and puts his head in the wrong places. Johnny football. I think you look at, I guess Greg Oden is just getting the short end of the stick. He got in the NBA. He made his money by not being able to play. He got injured a lot. 
Um, but when he did play, he was one of the most dominant players of all time. In college basketball, he might have been one of the top centers of all time, but he only played a half a season with his broken wrist. In high school basketball, he was he's the top ten consensus <laughs> ever. ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's he's a big deal. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him in the NBA. What can you do about it? No, I mean he he admits that he thinks he's the biggest bust, but I'm I'm gonna back him up and say he's not. Um, he's been a little hard on himself. He's being hard. I mean, but you have to be your, your biggest critic. That's what yeah, they always say. You're your true. biggest critic. So I want to give a huge shout out to Matt Harrington joining us for the Woo! NBA. We'll have you on next week. Um, yeah, I'll be here. So I'm going to take your mic, actually, because yeah, Jackson and I were sharing. This. Thank you very yours. much. I want to give uh, Hi, guys. a shout out to Max McDoolin. Uh, he was going to join us tonight. He had some family issues come up, and he could not join us and talk about the uh, some college basketball. But on the other hand, we got some NFL going before we wrap things up here on the JMB Weekly Wrap Up. We had the conference championships last Sunday. Uh, both games ended up being blowouts. Very disappointing. Ooh. Two out of the ten games in the NFL playoffs have been good. That was both games on Sunday the week prior. That was the Dallas Cowboys playing the Green Bay Packers and then the Kansas City Chiefs playing home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, those are only two close games. Other than that, they've been absolute blowouts, multiple position uh, games. We'll start out with the early game. The Green Bay Packers went on the road to the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons end up routing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers 44-21. to Jackson, you being down south from the, uh, I guess you can say, Atlanta area, but you're from Georgia, how do you feel about going to the Super Bowl, getting a huge win like this, beating a top 10, top 5 quarterback probably of all time in Aaron Rodgers? Well, this is a big deal for the Falcons. I mean, especially in their last game in the Georgia Dome. They're moving into Mercedes-Benz Arena, which is a beautiful arena. Um, but, yeah, this is big news for them. They haven't been this far in the playoffs since the late 90s. And uh, and it's all due to Matt Ryan, this high-powered offense. I mean, going into the season, like I said before, and even I doubted them at the beginning of the season, no one liked this team because they, they, thought, them, they thought of them as very one-dimensional through the passing game and one-dimensional through the passing game. And their defense was crappy, and it has turned out that they are not one-dimensional. They've got two of the they've got two of the best running backs in the country, and Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Those guys have been putting up huge numbers numbers all year long. They didn't put up big numbers in this game, but all year long they have been, and they're great receiving backs too. Um, Matt Ryan, of course, does a great job week in and week out. He put up one of the best performances in NFC Championship history. Yeah. Uh, this past week had 392 yards and four touchdowns. Um, that's incredible. I think that's second. That's second place in N N NFC Championship history. Not to mention their stud wide receiver Julio Jones, who put up the fourth best um, performance by a wide receiver in NFC Championship history with 180 yards and two touchdowns. He is a beast. He's the best receiver in the NFL. I can I can state that with all sorts of confidence right now. Um, I even might have them as favorites coming into the Super Bowl because of just how great their offense is and how their defense has improved over these past few weeks. Uh, to give a huge shout-out, though, to the, the Falcons, Matt and I, he didn't even mention this before he left, had a $20 bet going into this week. With that, he had the uh, Green Bay Packers beating the Falcons. I thought the offense for the Packers wasn't as good as the offense for the Falcons. And it showed, as you said, four touchdown passes for Matt Ryan. He looked just head over heels better and younger than Aaron Rodgers. He was sacked zero times. Huge shout-out to the offensive line. And the defense for the Falcons stepped up tremendously 
Uh, it was 24 nothing at the end of the first half. They were absolutely dominating every on every side of the ball, uh, offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, once you get up that much in the in the first half, you can I guess you could say relax a little bit, not press as much. Uh, you're playing at home. Just let everything just glide you the last 30 minutes of the football game. Uh, my dad even called me up during halftime and said, uh, right now Marvin or Muhammad Sanu, excuse me, and Julio Jones look really good. He didn't know who was the best uh, wide receiver. And I told him, I said, listen, wait and see. Uh, Julio Jones get in the open field and see what he can do. And he busted that touchdown when he stiff-armed with two defensive backs for the Green Bay Packers and a huge 73-yard touchdown run uh, after after his catch there. He's a huge guy. He's six foot six and 250 pounds or something like that. If he's healthy, he's by far the best wide receiver in, in, in the NFL. And, he's got an NBA-type body. And looking at the defensive backs for the Patriots, because that's who they're going to play, Malcolm Butler, I don't think he's going to hold him. I mean, they're going to have to double-team him the whole time, and then when that happens, you're going to open up all the other receivers in, in Sanu. You have both, as you said, Freeman and Coleman coming out of the backfield. Then you have uh, Gabriel uh, coming out as well, guy from the Browns. Yeah, Taylor Gabriel has had an insane turnaround. I mean, that guy is a, a man who went undrafted, and he uh, got a chance to play with the Browns in that system. But this past draft, the Browns picked up five, five wide receivers in this past draft. And uh, so he got the boot, and 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 Quinn down in Atlanta said, "Hey, you could be an asset to our offense. Come on!" And so he went through training camp with the Falcons, and he's turned out to be a great receiver for them. And he probably will have a decent career in Atlanta, I assume, because he's probably their number three receiver behind Jones and uh, um, what's his name? Sanu. Sanu. Yeah. No, I mean it's weird looking at that. You have Gabriel, and then you have Mac, your offensive lineman, uh, center, I believe. Uh, both coming from the yeah. Browns. The Browns have the most former players in the Super Bowl. Um, I want to keep on those players. Uh, <laughs> We're not good at that. You're not good at that. No, not at all. Looking at the at the Green Bay Packers, though, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know what's going on. I mean, he said he's going to carry the team on his back. He looked very frustrated. The offensive line was not holding up their bargain. He got sacked twice for t- uh, 19 yards. Uh, the QBR, there, QBR excuse me, was there at 86.8. Just couldn't seem to find it at the right time in the first half. And when you get down by... 24 points and three possessions like that, hitting all three of your uh, two-point conversions, you put yourself in a hole and you're digging the whole way out, and it's very hard when you get in that situation. Uh, they went 10-6 and six this year. They were 4-4 four and four on the road in regular season. Uh, moving forward, we'll see what happens. Uh, you, you've heard the whole season early on that Rodgers was losing a step. Uh, McCarthy and him were, were butting heads too much, but they got, the thing, they got their act together late on the season. That's all that matters. Uh, I guess you just gonna have to wait and see what happens moving forward. But we're gonna flip uh, to the game up north, and that was in Foxborough between the Patriots and the Steelers. And again, this game did not get much prettier as Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers got absolutely pummeled by Tom Brady, who was on a mission since he came back from the four-game suspension to get back to the Super Bowl to see his old buddy and pal, the Commissioner Goodell, and get that trophy from him. They end up getting a huge beatdown on the Steelers, 36 to 17. I did not see it being this game or this kind of game at all. Uh, Big Ben came out today and even said that he's going to have to take a look at uh, what his options are for this offseason. He might even try to leave Pittsburgh. He might be retiring, too. Retire? I mean, that's amazing. This guy's been an absolute workhorse. Um, You know, I saw a stat today. He has only, through all of his time in Pittsburgh, he has only finished three complete seasons. That's that's pretty terrible. He's been injury prone. He's a tough guy. He likes. He enjoys the the roughness and toughness of the game. Um, but that that's been detrimental to him as as his career has gone on. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's they had a lot of storylines, too many storylines in my opinion moving forward into this game with um, Antonio Brown with the Facebook Live. Again, we're on, we're on Facebook Live as we speak right now, but he was doing that in the locker room. Uh, he was targeted nine times, had seven catches for 77 yards, no touchdowns. Big Ben went 31 of 47 through the ball, almost 50 times, 314 yards, one touchdown and one interception. He was sacked no times. Uh, Forcey for him as he was kind of beat up and he only had a 57.2 QBR rating while on the other side of the field again the quarterback as the home team shined in front of its home crowd and that's Tom Brady went 32 of 42 384 yards three touchdowns no picks was sacked twice but QBR is still above that 90 where you want to see it um, their offense is moving the ball like crazy yeah well my biggest takeaway from this game from the beginning I mean Le'Veon Bell got injured he only had six carries he was he is the biggest threat to this Patriots defense and and if he and the Patriots have a good defensive front if they I didn't assume that he would get any yards between the tackles but outside he's a quick guy he's a good receiver he got injured early in the game only had six carries um, and, and that doesn't do well for them they've got a good back in Williams but he only had 34 yards on 14 carries and as long as 15 so you take that away and his runs per his, his yards per rush are not very good this Patriots defensive front was just great so they stopped the run and then you depend on Big Ben to throw over 50 times that's tough especially when you've got good when you've got um, good cornerbacks that are covering um, your best receiver in Antonio Brown and uh, he had a decent game he he had seven receptions, was targeted nine times, um, but they pretty much had him on lockdown. So I don't know if this game was as much of a off. I don't think it it was mu as much the Patriots' offense that was so great, and that's why they won. I think it was the Patriots' defense and their statement that they were able to hold this very talented and diverse Steelers um, offense in like the just only seventeen points in such. Terrible offensive efficiency. Yeah, they, they did what they needed to do. Like you said, though, uh, Le'Veon Bell getting hurt early on definitely uh, changed the whole momentum and the game plan for the Steelers. They, they practiced the whole week with him being healthy. Uh, the offensive play calls before he got hurt was pretty bland and, and boring. Like They weren't putting anyone in motion. Uh, pretty basic. And you, when you go basic against Belichick's defense, his defensive mindset of coach, he's ready to go. I mean, you could tell he was ready to eat this up, and then Bell went down, and it was just uh, the sharks in the water there at that point. They knew it right away. They said, we're going to attack Big Ben. And then the defense for the Steelers didn't blitz at all on the Patriots. I didn't understand that. you got to get pressure on Tom Brady. you got to make him feel like he has to throw the ball immediately. You, you like when he gets frustrated and yells at the refs, and he was not doing that at all, and I'm very surprised at that. And I think, again, Tomlin is a huge, huge problem in Pittsburgh. I know the Steelers fans love him to death, and he gets you – he can get you guys very far, but he can't get you guys over the hump. He won a Super Bowl not with his own players. He took over a team with a great roster after they won a Super Bowl back, I think it was in, in 06, yes, when they took out uh, Carson Palmer and the Steelers, and then they got by uh, at the time. It was Peyton Manning and, and the Colts on a very lucky interception return. But looking at this right now, I'm very surprised at, at how they don't switch up their game plan at all. You should know going into the game you got to pressure the quarterback of Tom Brady, and it just wasn't happening. Um, he just doesn't seem like he, he can play up for the big games recently. Again, before last year was a four-year period when the Steelers did not make the playoffs. He gets the playoffs last year, uh, gets a very lucky win in Cincinnati. I'm going to say that because the defense, if it was any other coach besides Marvin Lewis, should have his team on lockdown. Uh, two very bad penalties. Then they lost the week after that. 
to, or excuse me, to the defending champs at the time, uh, Denver Broncos. And then this year they get all the way there. I think they had a team that could have done it with all their playmakers, with Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and then nothing happens. They absolutely just lay goose egg uh, as they score 17 points and allow the New England Patriots to score 36. I'm very, very excited to see what Ben Roethlisberger does this offseason, though. It's going to be a huge, huge question mark. Yeah, me too. And, I mean, I, in my heart, I actually do believe that he's going to come back to the Steelers. That's, that's his organization. But the biggest concern is Mike Tomlin's job, like you addressed. And – and maybe it's time for him to go. I know the Steelers as an organization are... They don't do that, though. They don't do that. They like to keep coaches for a long time, and there's no reason in their mind, in their front office, um, for them to get rid of Tomlin because of all the success that he, that, that he has brought this program. And that's justified in a way. He has... The, the Steelers have not been bad at all. They've been pretty great getting... Uh, like. Ben, Ben, Big Ben has been huge for them, and Big Ben and Mike Tomlin are best buds out there. You know, I mean, if one of them goes, then the other, I think. But the question is, will one of them make that move? And I think that Ben Roethlisberger is such a big attribute to this offense that Le'Veon Bell is great on his own, but I don't know how great Antonio Brown is, honestly. I think he's a good wide receiver in the NFL. But maybe he just sits it good. I mean, because in these big games, he has, he's like Odell Beckham in the way that he talks so much. He talks so much. He's really quick to throw the finger, um, blame other people. But in these big games, he only came up with seven receptions for 77 yards, no touchdowns. He's one of your best offensive playmakers, if not the best, um, in in your franchise's eyes. And he can't he can't get the job done, and that's just concerning. Well, the, the thing I have with Antonio Brown is. He's got the best quarterback to help him out in the situation. Big Ben can sit in the pocket, throw guys literally off him if he needs to, uh, can pump fake a ball like no other people, uh, no other quarterback can in history. I think. I mean, he, the camera of any CBS broadcast will go with the with what they think is the ball, and he's still holding on the ball and rolling around the pocket. Antonio Brown at that point makes up his own route and find an open spot, get it and get down, um, which is incredible. But you have see. Uh, any donor or Jared Goff as quarterback, you got to get the ball away. I don't know if he can get open as a, as a slick route runner. He, he can find his open, as his own, as he said, open the field and get down. But uh, I'm agree with you on that one. But looking forward to in two weeks, not next week. Next week is the Pro Bowl. Um, the Super Bowl is in Houston, Texas. The Patriots, 14 and two in the regular season, are taking hosts with the Atlanta Falcons, who are 11 and six. We're not going to talk about it right now because we still have a whole week in front of us. The line right now is three in favor of the New England Patriots, and the over-under is 59. Uh, just a few words. Are you feeling confident being an Atlanta Falcons fan? Uh, I am, and I think that the Patriots have a good chance of looking past the Atlanta Falcons. I know that um, some Boston newspaper, I don't exactly remember which one, but this morning said that, that basically said that they have an easy pass path. And uh, I don't think that they do. I think that this is a very tough Atlanta Falcons team, especially in the offense. And they've proven in the defense, too. This is going to be a barn burner. It's going to come down to the end. And uh, Matt Ryan's determined. He's going to get the Falcons a, a championship in their in their last year at the Georgia Dome. Cool. Well, anything else before we end this podcast? That's all I got, Bobby. All you got. I, again, want to give a huge shout-out to the CBJ Artillery, the fifth liners up in Columbus, uh, Ben Kahn and... Jordan Mills, great guys, met this weekend. Uh, for all you Jackets fans out there, we're also going to have a nice uh, live viewing party 
the last Sunday before spring break. I believe it's the 26th of February against the Islanders. Jackets lost the Islanders tonight, but uh, big things moving forward here for the OU artillery. Um, we're going to be here next week, same time. All you guys on Facebook Live, uh, keep joining in, keep sharing this. Let the whole world know who Jackson Schroeder, myself, Bobby Levine are. Matt Harrington was with us earlier to talk NBA. Next week, again, we hope to have Max McDoolin. Uh, again, was not be able to be here this week, but next week for sure. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out again. Thank you, everyone listening and, and sharing. Uh, have a great night. Thanks, guys.